You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Mike Lewis. Uh, Let me just say uh, a word about how delightful we are to have Dr. Glenn Schultz as a part of this congregation. It's it's interesting how how years and years ago he came and helped us with the school. And uh, and so been in touch with him for years and he's been through. Uh, But in God's providence, God moved him here. And uh, so he lives here now as a part of this church. And so uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful blessing on our part to have him. And uh, I tell you what, that that teaching he did from a 50,000 view, it was just wonderful, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was. Uh, When he ended it last week, he ended it by saying, um, what should we do now? Where should we go from here? And uh, he said, first of all, he says that God must reign in all of life. The whole thing of compartmentalizing life doesn't work. I mean, Christianity needs to go through and through every fiber of your being and everything you're involved in. There is no part of it that is separated. You, you are a Christ follower and honest and full of integrity at home. You're the same at work. You know, you're the same when you're on the sports field. You know, you're the same everywhere. It just goes all through. And so the next thing he says is that we are to recognize where we are today in culture. I don't know about you, but it, to, to me, y- y'all, have heard, y'all have heard me talk about my journey and the reason we even got into the last subject we got into about the woke and all the stuff. Because it got to be such, I knew something was going on and it was deeper than I could see and I could understand. And so I started reading and digging and praying until I could get my hands around some of the changes that it looked like was happening. And, and while that was happening, it looks like things have sped up even faster. Uh, is it just me or do y'all feel like, do y'all feel like you're still in Kansas? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, do, do, I mean do, do you feel things have slightly changed or that they have changed a lot? Yeah. Do, do, do you feel sometimes like you wake up and you don't, where has this place gone that we used to know? Then I have moments where I'll be listening to my old anointed, anointed, anointed 60s music. <laughs> or 50s. And I think... How simple and how far have we gone so fast? And it's just a a weird thing, a weird thing. And so Dr. Schultz left us last week where you got to know the culture you're living. You got to understand this. And that's what we've been on this journey doing. And then he made this statement. He said, you must choose how you're to live in Babylon. The reason he said that is because in the Bible, children of Israel got off track, disobeyed God, and God said to them, he said, what's going to happen to you now is Babylon is going to come and overtake you, and it's going to take you back to this country of Babylon, and you're going to live in Babylon for 70 years. I'll bring you back, but you're going to be here for 70 years. Another, another way an author put that, which makes sense to me, because I'm very much felt this way for, for all of my life, being a pastor, uh, that there was some sense of, of honor in Christianity, some sense of rightness and respect. Uh, and so he used the analogy that in that particular culture, uh, if you were on the playing field, you had the stands pulling for you. You know, if you're a Christ follower, believer, and you're on the field, the stands pull for you. But then last week when he talked about us being post-Christian era, the way that translates now is when you're on the field, they're not pulling for you, they're pulling against you. Now that has a certain feeling tone about it, that there's a certain uh, change in the atmosphere that is started and will continue. And so... We have to understand 
how are we going to choose to live in Babylon? The third, the fourth thing he's left us with last week as he closed out was we have to build strong families. Now I thought it was interesting because the scripture he gave was of Jeremiah 29. And some of you may remember the very first weekend when the church closed down with the, with the virus. And I was in here just with the crew and was speaking at this podium. I think I was sitting down and talking straight to the camera. By the way, those of you who are out there, glad you're watching. Thank you for tuning in. Y'all give them a hand. And so I said, and I read this scripture as far as where, because it was kind of the question, where are we now? How, what are we going to do? And the Lord gave me this scripture in Jeremiah 29. Here's what it said. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away when I called you to be carried from Jerusalem to, stay with me, Babylon. Now, again, Dr. Schultz last week said, obviously we're not physically in Babylon, but cultural wise, we are. So he said, here's what you're to do now. While you're in Babylon during these 70 years, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives. Now, these wives were not wives of the land. He was talking about, there was a huge deal where you didn't marry, it wasn't a racial issue, but you didn't marry wives of other people who had other gods. You kept it in the family of God. And so you married the same. So take wives, beget sons, daughters, live normal in other words. Take wives for your sons, give uh, your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase and not diminish. There's a way that though you're in a foreign land, that God's blessings can be on you and you can increase and enjoy life in a way and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it uh, is peace and that you will have peace. So now I'm, after those weeks, because there is, there is kind of a, there is a, a flow to this whole thing because I, I had done my stirring and research and came and gave those messages and then Dr. Schultz has covered this. And so we kind of got up to speed and, and then you ask the question, now where shall we go? What, what, what are we going to do now? What, what does all of this mean? And well, you know, I, I was all fired up. Here, here's what it means. And I, I was ready to give this message to you guys on the home and on kids, raising kids. And, and I mean, it was just like, it was serious. And here's what we got to do. And so as I got into it, it's like the Lord kept slowing me down. Slowing me down. Slowing me down. Because it was like, the steps have to be in order and they really have to be happening in order for the whole picture to be right. In other words, Keith, if you'll come help me. If we start building this thing from the ground floor up and we're going to build a good foundation, everything in our entire life, every aspect of our life, every principle of our life has to be built one at a time, Keith. <laughs> you, can stay, you can stay right there. You can stay right there. I'm just fooling, but you can stay right there. But it has to be built, and everything has to be built on Jesus Christ himself. He's got one problem. He thinks he's God. And he is. All right? So everything built on Christ, Yes? Everything built on Christ. So that's where we start. Well, let me ask you. Because here's where, here's where I started to slow down. I can just say that in a moment. Here, here's what the Lord started doing with me. How are you? Are you building your life on Christ? I mean, how much of your life is on Christ? Are, are you trusting Him? Because we're getting ready to build your entire life. But if we just pause right now and let me ask you, do, do a gut check with me. How, how are you? Do, do, do you, know what, um, you know what it is to mentally comply or agree and yet heart not fully engage? 
how, how many of you are fully engaged with this Jesus Christ, this person, Jesus? I'm just asking. Because see, everything else is built on that. Everything else. Do, do, I know this is a silly, I know it's a silly question. Do you know him? No, 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 no. Do you have a relationship with him? I told you the story when I was a small boy, small enough to still lay down and go to sleep on the pews. Yeah, like some of you are just about, you're leaning a little bit now, but you're not, not all the way there. And as I am going down, I didn't realize it then. Now I realize the Lord was speaking to me. I didn't at the time. The thought just ran through my head. Mike, you need to sit up because what this preacher's preaching on, you're going to need later on in life. And I remember the sermon he preached. When is the last time the Lord has spoken to you? Relationships go two ways. When's the last prompting? When, when, is, when is the last time you were moved? When, when, when is the last time you shed a tear? Not, not, not sad. Something like me when this thing happened with Dean and she had this heart attack and we went through that thing and just somewhere in the middle of all of it as I realized the goodness of God and how she was okay. And just this God, you're so good. And tears just began to come out of my eyes. Because he's really good. He is so good. When have you felt his warmth? When have you felt his presence in a room, in a car? I just, do you know him? Because the next thing is that now on top of Christ, what we build our life on, is this book, is this book. And really, really what's at stake now in the battle that's going on is this book. Because you will find that directly they're going after everything that's true in this book. This ultimate, this ultimate, this is, is going to force us on down the line to have to make decisions. If people are not really sold out that this book is true, if they've got some places inside their head where they doubt and they've been raised in a way where you can take part of it and leave part of it, you're getting ready to hit some rough ground. There are already denominations that's totally gone upside down. I mean, their, their Bible-believing church is just totally sideways. There are men of God who've got theological degrees that are totally whacked out when it comes to this book. They already caved in. You've got whole churches. It's a part of all of these movements that's happening now. Whole churches caved into whole movements. Totally off of the Word of God. And part of the reason you know why? Because the Bible says in the last day there will be a great falling away. People will fall, fall away, and that's what's happening. They, they, there's this, I mean, it, it is at, a, at an alarming pace. And you, you remember I told you about being a part of, of uh, if you were on the, on the ball field in the, in the stadium, and they'd be cheering for you if you had this book. At least they'd be on your side, you know. Now what we're going to find as we move on, if you believe this book, you're not going to be popular. Matter of fact, if you believe this book, there's going to be this thing. They're setting it up kind of with the virus thing, creating division. It's very easy to set up because then they're going to have people who believe this book. You're not going to be on the right side. But I'm asking you, are you ready for that?
You ready for that? Are you going to stand on this book? Is this book true or not? Are you going to be... See, part, part of the motivation and part of the reason I was going to come in and this thing hot, because I was hot. <clears throat> I should say I was motivated. Uh, but part, part of the reason I was going to come in on it, so much so, is the attack that's already happening and how much is already going on and how we need to protect our kids and get our kids ready. Because I've been thinking in, in this change that I told you about, if I was raising my kids right now and they were small, I would raise them differently than I raised them last time around. How is that, Mike? Because I would very intentionally raise them. You, you don't have to stand the heat. You just go ahead and get, just go ahead and get ready. You just go ahead and get ready. You're not going to be light. Let's go ahead and get ready. Can you handle the rejection? Let's go ahead and toughen up. Let's go ahead. Because the world, the world you are going to be in, if you stand with this book, is not the world that we grew up in. So you go, go ahead. And so if they were smart, you go ahead and get, we, we got to raise you in a way. And we got to teach you this book in a way where you know it. And so that's why I was coming as hot. I, that's, then all, I read, all of a sudden I said, there's a lot of people who don't have step one. And I go all the way charging up to build this thing. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, examine my own heart. Slowed me down. Then on top of this comes the next part because the ultimate the ultimate thing that God built if this, the Bible and and uh, <clears throat> And God, Jesus, as he builds his whole, the whole world and all the worlds, then he took this man, put him in it, an image bearer of God himself. And gave him a role to play. Finally, he said he's not good alone. Gave him a wife. But he needs to build his life and values need to come out of here. The only authority he has is derived from this authority. Then, then you know where I'm going. Then I thought, how many of us men have really built our life on Jesus Christ and on the Bible? Men, how many of you know we can be slow? <laughs> Let's see if I can't phrase that a little better. Do y'all know sometimes it's harder for men to worship than women? Do you know it's much harder for men to show expressions of worship? I, <clears throat> I remember <clears throat> when I, I got my scriptural basis for it, reading scriptures like, in the psalm where it says, raise holy hands. And I made up my mind I was going to worship God like that. And I would, I would do this. <laughs> now, I'm serious. It, it, was like, it was like something was tied to my hands. Why is that hard? Because there's some tied to manhood. 
that was called to worship, called to lead, called to be responsible. That's just sometimes difficult, friends, for us to step into. I, I feel your pain. Then, then I got half mass. But I do it kind of like I was waving. I remember when I was going to conquer praying out loud and singing and worship singing. Because for, for men sometimes that can be challenging too. I don't want anybody to hear me worship. My worship has shut them down. Sounds really bad. <laughs> but I remember worshiping, singing in my car. I'm just going to it and stop at a red light and my windows rolled up. The person next to me, windows rolled up. Well, when they look at me, my face would turn red. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. Men, Husbands, why is it so important? Because what next comes on here is a person who's going to follow your spiritual leadership. A person who can rest on you. A person, the only reason the Bible used the word submission about this person, the only reason it uses it, it simply means that this person here respects the place that this person has put this person. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that he's any better, he's any nothing. So God's choice, arrange it this way, where he is the head, so she can rest and be safe so he can pray, so he can worship, so he can evoke, she bring the other one, evoke the presence of God over this special place that God created call a home. And that there's a, a presence there. There's an imitation of a lordship. There's a headship that's invoking the presence of God, praying for, laying hands on, believing God together. That's what that's all about. That's why that's there. That's why that is so important. But that's when it started to slow. Because then when I said strengthen home, that means the marriages have to be strengthened. How are we doing? With all this chaos going on around us, all this craziness, how you doing, sir? How you doing, ma'am? The greatest institution on planet Earth is the home. It was created as the main core to sustain, create, and to have life and God's principles to emanate from it. It starts right here, though. Right here. Y'all remember, I've taught here before that God will bring a man along who is 10% dysfunctional, hypothetically. If he's 10% dysfunctional, guess who he will marry? Somebody's 20, so you can give them a hard time. No, 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 no. God, God pretty well matches them up, right? So, so when I'm sitting counseling somebody, if they don't know this and the wife is telling me how crazy her husband is, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. You're giving me a good read on how crazy you are. Because God punishes one fool with another. And there's a matchup. There, and so you, you deserve each other. Right? I, I honestly believe that. And so, but why do I believe that? Because 
Now these two, God goes at work in these two to do a work in them. And as he's doing a work in them, now they mature, they grow and become more and more the women God's called them because of the person that they're connected to. If you're sitting close to your husband or wife right now, say, you're the best sandpaper I've ever had. Tell them. <laughs> By the way, if you're single here, I don't know, all this applies to you because God's got a way that he's working in your life and will continue to work in the future. But he's got, he's got people, he's got systems at work right now. So don't, don't if, you, if you're single right now, you're not out of this. Don't sit there at your lady's cross saying this ain't me. Uh-huh. You can tell me right now, there's somebody rubbing you. And it ain't your leg. Somebody is rubbing you. There's sandpaper at work. Now, all right. Let me ask you. <clears throat> These, um, how many of you were prepared for marriage? Anybody in here prepared for marriage? Was anybody not prepared for marriage? I asked. Yeah. But you got married anyway. Were any one of you prepared for this? You, you know one of the biggest mistakes I think parents make? I think they have some kind of crazy thinking that because they weren't prepared for the children, that they're not adequate. Let me put it to you the same way. When God gave you that child or those children, out of the DNA of what he gave you, he gave you the DNA inside of you to parent the DNA that came through you. He will never give you something that you're not equipped to handle. Well, Mike, I don't feel equipped. Sure. Because you're not. Because the way you become equipped is the same way you become mature as a husband and wife. It's not a formula. It's not a formula where you put all this stuff together. It's the combination of scriptures like John says that Jesus came and he was full of mercy and truth. It's the right combination that gives you that dynamic. And Psalms talks about and truth and mercy kissed. It's, it's much more about you ladies and some gentlemen cooking a meal and having all the elements there but keep putting it in there and you keep doing this. Hmm. And as you parent, and as you keep this order right, the authority and the understanding that you need, what you need from God to parent, he has promised you. And as you seek him, and as you do life, what you need, you will have. But you will evolve into it. It won't be like a direct thing you have. Just like you evolved and became the person your husband and wife need. You will evolve and become the mom and dad they need. If you grow, if you refuse to grow and stay you and lock down, then you will lock the parent away from your child they need. And the only one that can do that, my friend, is you. No one else can change like that because, <clears throat> you, you, you know, you find, I find it interesting that so often the Bible talks about generational stuff. <clears throat> Listen to this scripture as far as parenting goes. This is when they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And God tells them how to handle. Now, now look at this. Promised land, Babylon, 
America now, other tribes around, false gods. And the reason I'm preaching this message is because once we preach about what's happening around us, I feel like we got to go in and say, all right, guys, here we got to hunker down. Don't you understand that? And in order to do that, this has got to be straight because listen to this. Oh, Israel, hear, oh, Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Who? 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 Oh, let's just go talk about other stuff. Won't work. Won't work. Won't work. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your before you teach them what's got to have in place. You love the Lord your God with all of your heart and you're following him. Your heart's following him. And you're inadequate as a parent. But you got God. You don't know what to do, but you got God. You've got a resource that knows everything. And somebody who is submitted to him. And walking with him. And listening to him. And being molded and changed by him. Watch this. Just like your child is. No growy. No growy. Play gamey. Play gamey. Teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and when you bind them as a sign to your hand and they shall be the frontals between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your house. You've got to create a God consciousness in a world of other consciousness. What's got to be dominant in this house, in this home, is a God consciousness. And from the child developing this God consciousness, and mom and dad bring it, high port, they, oh, they watch it. They listen to it. Oh, God has put a child's heart and a parent's heart, and a child's heart is to learn to listen. And mom and dad are talking about it all the time. And they know what matters to mom and dad because they will value what mom and dad values, not what mom and dad says. And when your son and daughter ask, comes this time, they ask you, what is the meaning of these testimonies and these statues and the rules that the Lord your God gave, commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were favor of slaves. We were in Egypt. We couldn't help ourselves. We were slaves. We, 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 we couldn't get out. We were powerless. And then God, then God brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. And grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all the household before our eyes. We saw it. I am telling you, son, daughter, I'm not telling you a theory. I am telling you what I saw with my own eyes. God Almighty found me when I couldn't find myself. 
God found me when I was helpless. Oh, I know you think I'm strong. I'm your dad, I'm your mom. But you've got to know that in your weakest moment, I'm just like you. Because here's what you've got to know, sweetheart. The laws at work, and I'll teach you what the law is, and we'll read in the Bible what the law is, and where the lines are, and where the boundaries are, and you will hit up against the law because in your heart, there's rebellion in your heart. You've been born away from Christ. In your heart, you don't see God. And my job is to show you God in all creation. And I'll show you in all creation. But when you hit inside that job where that sin nature is, you will rebel just like I do. And then, my friends, listen. Then the law don't, can't save you. The big mistake a lot of parents have is they hit up against the boundary of the law and they say, stop it. Don't do it anymore. Quit that. It's the law. And if the child could be honest, the child would say, I can. Or in my heart, I don't want to. And if a parent would catch it at that moment, then the parent will say, you know, you're right. The law, what the law brings up, it cannot satisfy. The purpose of the law is to show you that you can't. And it's now that you need mercy. You need a savior. If you keep on with the law, friends, you breed rebellion. But they have to know at one moment They've hit the law and they can't, they can't satisfy the law. But the law was just there to show them how helpless they were. And that's when you say, I was, I was at the bottom. Had God not come to Egypt, we'd have still been there. That's not, that's not just a one-time thing, folks. See, you are living out what your kids are living out on a regular basis. You're fighting the flesh. They're fighting the flesh on a regular basis. But unless a parent gets honest enough and open enough and willing enough to show their own vulnerability and when they make it wrong and confess their sins, then the child will think something's different than the parent. The parents finally got this. No. Sweetheart, when you're parenting, you have to deal with the same things that I do. The exact same things. You know, <clears throat> the child will come down one day and question the authority. That's why you build the authority all the way down to this book. If you just build fear in as a parent, they'll stop fearing you one day. So you don't build it here. You don't let it stop with you. You build it all the way down to here and to here. But that journey, that's the reason why this is a moving thing. This is a husband and wife growing into their relationship. That as they grow into their relationship, they parent. And as they grow into a relationship with their kids, they parent. And as their flesh is dealt with and God leads them and all that keeps happening, that's where you become equipped. Where, where do you think the disciples became equipped to be the disciples, the apostles? The disciples became the apostles in this journey as they followed Christ. Then they met with situations and God gave them wisdom to handle it. Nobody in the Bible starts out equipped. 
So for all of you parents who think, I just wish I had more. I just wish I didn't have the life I had or had different experience. No, 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 no. You are the perfect person to parent your children. You follow God. You get your marriage stuff in there right. The blessings of God on your home. And you let God work and develop you. Here's what I want to do. Because I'm believing for, I'm believing for, I'm believing for marriages. I'm believing for your generation. <clears throat> this thing called home. <clears throat> you know why there's so much against the home? You know why when they, you teach all this stuff, even the stuff we've been teaching recently, you know, you know why when they talk about the wife as being oppressed, the children being oppressed because of the husband's role, right? Y'all hear that? Y'all heard that talk? Why are they doing that? Because they know this is what God established. And the home is where the authority is. And the home is where truth is. That's the reason why when they went to Babylon, you know what the Jews did? They started having synagogue meetings in their homes. That's the reason they survived, or one of the reasons. Because they had church in their house. They taught their kids. Husbands and wives taught their kids. They went through scripture. They lived it out in the house. And because they lived it out in the house, it was preserved those generations. That's why. I tell you what, a, a wife who can rest on her husband, a husband can help support her and keep her covered in God, she's not oppressed. I can tell you that my wife is not oppressed. I may be a little bit, but she's not. <laughs> Here's what I like to do. Because I do think, I do think we're moving in a time frame where we need to shore up the home. We need to shore up marriages. We need to shore up the home. We need to shore up this relationship. Uh, we'll talk about it another time. But I want to ask you, who is shaping the heart and mind of your children? And this is something serious you've got to think about. Who is shaping the heart and mind of your children? Oh, um, come here, sir, would you? Uh, I know it's early, it's 6.30 in the morning. Will you, you take care of my kid? <laughs> I'll be back about 6.30 tonight. Oh, 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 by the way, do you believe the Bible? No, you don't believe in the Bible. Okay. It don't matter. You just change diapers. <laughs> you believe in marriage? No, you divorce. You don't, you don't believe in marriage. You hate, you hate women. Hmm. <laughs> do you believe in God? No. That's all right. I'll, I'll be back later. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. I'm about to get him now. Time for you to go to sleep. Oh, we've done that for four years now, I think. I think it's probably time for you to go to school now, isn't it? First grade, I'm not real school. Hmm. Mercy. All right. Three o'clock, two forty-five. You believe in God? You think it's okay for two guys to be together? asking who is shaping the heart and mind of the child God gave you and he 
didn't give it to anybody else. Do you know when I stand before God and you stand before God, God, God's not going to ask me about your child except what happened in this one hour room. Oh, am I, you're the one responsible for the spiritual leading of my child. No, I'm not. You're, you're the one responsible to teach my child about God. No, no, I'm not. And the schools are not. And no one else is except mom and dad. I know that raised some real issues that have to be dealt with. I understand that. But I'm just, I'm believing that as this thing gets crazier, I'm believing that God will do a work here in this place, in our homes and with our families and with our marriages that will translate down to our children, that they will not have our children. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is right now as we close, I'm gonna ask you as parents, I want, I want to ask you to re-up. I want to ask you to re-up and accept your parenting role that God gave you with intentionality and then start staying, or start being open and, and, and having your home aligned properly and being open to this next season of how God leads you. I'd like for you, if you would, just to take that challenge and say, I, I want to re-up. I, 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 I want God's blessings. I want, I want to figure out how to do this thing even better. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, Paris, I'm gonna ask you if you would stand up and walk up here and just stand as your commitment. I'm gonna pray over you. And let's just have a time here around the altar before we go. I'm believing for your kids. I'm believing for prodigal sons and daughters. I'm believing that God gives us a revival in our home and our family with our children, that he would pour out his spirit afresh and new that there would, there would really come a, a God-sent vision for home and for parenting. And you're never too late. You're never too late. And any of you standing here and that there's a, a sense of regret in you, you go ahead and ask God to take care of that because this is not about the regret and about the guilt. That's not what this is about at all. This is about moving ahead moving ahead. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, now, I stretch my hands over these and I pray you would supernaturally touch men's hearts. And we confess there are things that I even talked about that we can't do. We just can't do it. We tried and we struggled, but just don't seem to be able to do it. But we ask for your grace. Would you come and would you help every man step up to the plate of being a godly man and a godly father, a man that prays, a man of the word. Would you help every mom? Would you give them strength? give them clear focus and vision of what home and family needs to look like for them of what that place is like as these children grow and mature y'all look at me just for a moment if you would When it comes to a point where you can't change this child because it's a heart thing now. God has to do this. The law has brought them up to a place and a heart change has to happen. Are y'all with me? If you think you can control your child or you own them, if that's, even if it's not conscious, even that's kind of how you do life, even that's just the tool you pull out is force or the tool you pull out is whatever tool that you use to try to get that thing to happen. 
that we'll call rebellion here. And the secret is, is you have to not own your children. And you have to be very open with God and with them about places you can't go. I remember my mom. I came in one night and I remember my mom came and I was sitting on the bed. She got down on her knees and she looked at me and she said, Mike, I can't go any further with you. And don't take this thing too far. And I remember when she got up and walked out, this distinction, when she walked out, it was obvious that I had some kind of dependency or something. She could pray me through something. And that was gone. So I'm saying to you parents, during this time of prayer, would you just offer your children afresh and new to the Lord? And just, let's just commit them to God and ask us, ask him to help us have these boundaries where we know how to help God. But when we get up to something that's going to require a heart change and on the spirit of God is going to do it, that we can see that limit and we can pray and have it happen, but we can't make it happen ourselves. You, you with me? So just take your hands and lift them up, you would. Just lift them up here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take our children and they're such precious gifts and you've given them to us. And we make the mistakes sometimes when we think we own them. But we're just stewards of your children. And right here at this altar in front of this church, we give them back to you. And we pray that you help us parent them properly. We help you pray to create good boundaries and know where we can go and we can't go. But Lord, we confess our dependency on you. We need your help as parents. And we release your children to you afresh and new. Move in their life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's sing this chorus together while y'all are up front. Then we'll be dismissed and head on out. Lord bless you. Lord keep you. Lord cause his face to shine upon you. I bless you. Mighty, mighty men and women of God. Most powerful men and women of God on the planet. That God gave you the role of being a parent. To steward his children. Wow. Oh, well, that's how much he thinks of you. Lord bless you guys. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.